the pulse of the Hawkesbury. Pulse 89.9. Talking to you about uh, the big issue up there. Oh, it's a huge issue, isn't it? I've been um, pacing and thinking about different things all morning because council are about to put through a motion on raising the dam wall, but they have linked it to lowering dam water levels and you cannot vote for one or the other. You have to vote for both. Uh, yeah, well, it's not really a council decision. They haven't got the money to uh, do anything about Warragamba Dam, which is owned by the state government. Uh, mm. This is something that Stuart Ayres has pushed for a number of years now, and he's pushed it to the exclusion of considering other options. So I think that's the thing that's most concerning, that uh, there's no guarantee that the proposal, which is very expensive, would actually work. Mm. Um, you've got to look at other options to see what's viable, because the truth is, Raising the dam wall captures water in the Warragamba catchment, but it doesn't do anything about the Nepean. Mm-hmm. And the Nepean River, when it floods in southwest Sydney near Camden, and everyone's seen those pictures on their uh, TV news, all that water ends up flowing down the river to the Hawkesbury. So, um, at best, raising the dam wall at a cost of near $2 billion is only a partial solution. Mm. Why do you think there's such a push for them to raise it? Well, some people say it's the opportunity to put more housing mm-hmm. in the floodplain, which just repeats the historic error. Mm. I mean, we've got this problem because over many, many years, uh, local and state government were so foolhardy, they decided to put residential areas in a floodplain. And inevitably, when the floodwaters come, as they have in huge volumes uh, over the past 12 months, uh, lives are at risk and, and the whole situation is quite a disaster. So. Um, hopefully that wouldn't happen. There should be a moratorium, a complete ban mm. on any further housing in the areas affected by the recent floods. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When we were talking during the week, Mark, I mentioned to you about uh, one of the ideas throwing around is the fact that they released the dam water prior to a flood, even though like they've got that forecasted to them that they could release it, say, even two, th- two three weeks before, start putting some into the... Um, river to let that go. I know that we have the Nepean River that floods, but uh, you said to me that they won't. That isn't able to be done because it's not a mitigation dam; it's a water dam. Yeah, my understanding is the legislation for Warragamba covers it as a drinking water yeah. dam, which it's been for Sydney for many decades now. Uh, but to move to flood mitigation raises a whole new purpose for the dam. Mm. Um, the people deciding is the water level high enough or low enough are obviously impacting on lives when the flood comes. If they get it wrong and there's a public insurance liability issue, who takes responsibility for that? So my understanding is the legislation would be amended to say this is a drinking water dam but it's now a flood mitigation dam and they'd have to put in place some very, very expensive public liability insurance to cover the workers who are making those uh, risky assessments Mm. about the uh, level of water that's maintained in Warragamba Dam. Is it too high? Is it too low? Is it going to flood too many homes? Mm. If someone tragically died, um, yeah. you know, um, there'd be um, uh, legal action taken. People would be sued and mm. you wouldn't work in that job unless you had the adequate insurance coverage from uh, the state government. So uh, do you think it's possible for that ever to come into part, that it's part drinking water and part uh, flood mitigation and that they use the desal plant that so much money was put into as a top-up if we do run short in Sydney water? Well, I don't feel like we're running short given the 
incredible yeah. rain we've had. But yeah, the drought will come again, and the yeah. desal plant there is a is a backup mechanism that, that, that looks like a bit of a white elephant actually it's been used so infrequently mm. um, so that's the strategy that was set by the car government 20 years ago mm. actually that the desal plant would uh, take the, the load for our drinking water so maybe that'll happen we've got to wait a few more decades uh, to see what happens there but I, I think you know from my perspective I'd like to see an assessment of voluntary acquisition scheme for people in the floodway how many Houses are so badly flooded, lives are at risk, and people want to um, sell out, out to the government because we had a very successful voluntary acquisition scheme in the Milpera floodway uh, mm. uh, just on the Georges River at Liverpool in the 80s and 90s, and to my understanding, it's the most, uh, perhaps the only successful flood uh, acquisition scheme that we've ever had in Sydney. So it was funded 40% federal government, 40% state, 20% local, and it got the people out of that floodway mm. who wanted to leave. Because some people want to stay. Some people feel that uh, they have the, the second-story arrangements in place. They, they, they get their belongings upstairs. Uh, their lives are not at risk. They see out the flood, and they're happy to have their river views. So not everyone wants to sell out, but I'd like to see a state government survey of how many people would sell out, what's the price of that, and it may well be more effective and less expensive than raising the damn wall. Yeah, I have a lot of people that I've been speaking to that actually live here because they work there. They're either market gardeners to farmers and they're working long hours, so they want to be close to home as well where they're working, so it's a double-edged sword for them. Yeah, so it's a vol- it would be a voluntary scheme, so it's up to the individual to make their own assessment, um, which I think is a good thing. So but do I. It, it, it would correct an historic error that, that certainly some of the homes should never have been allowed to be built in there. It's a mistake of government, so government's got to put some money in to try and correct the error on a voluntary basis for those who feel like, given their recent experience, the safe thing for them and their family is to um, is to get out. And with the Milpera buyout that they did there on the voluntary basis, what was the percentage of that taken up, Mark? Probably about two-thirds. Two-thirds of the people decided to go, but it, it was a, a smaller area, um, mm. kind of opposite the, the Bankstown Airport on the Georges River. Yeah. And the homes that were purchased were demolished and returned as open space. Yeah. But about a third of the people decided to stay. I, I watch the TV news and I see the reporting of the Milpera floodway and they say, oh, it's a really dangerous situation down. But uh, it, the, the truth is that the people who felt in danger have left mm. and everyone who remained at Milpera has got a second story to their house uh, where they can secure uh, their loved ones and their belongings and they don't feel at risk. So, you know, it was a, a, a big solution to a long-standing problem at Milpera and I'm sure it saved lives. So do you know that if, like, that that's that's sort of a tick in the box there at Milpera that we could actually go ahead and look at something like this, but there's been no survey, has there, by the state government to see if that's a possibility for this area? Yeah, that's right. That, I think one of the faults in the making of the policy is that Stuart Ayres has been fanatically obsessed with raising the dam wall without looking at other options. Um, Chris Minns, the opposition leader, has said, what if you lower the water level, knowing that an East Coast low rain cell is coming? And the other option is the voluntary acquisition scheme. But if you don't explore these things and look at their viability and cost, um, it's not very good policy making, is it? So, yeah, I'd like to see the state government look at all three options, put them on the table and then make a judgment rather than the heir's obsession, which is uh, is raise the damn wall or, um, or nothing else. Yeah, well, that's a smart way thing to do really, isn't it? 
so yeah, I don't think you should make policy on the basis of it's my way or the highway, exactly. which is what Stuart Ayres has been doing. So why hasn't he got an open mind about other sensible options, particularly one like voluntary acquisition scheme, which works so well, we know it worked well at Milpera. Yeah, it's sort of because I've actually written to Stuart Ayres' office and have phoned them several times um, in the last oh, probably four weeks and have not re- got one response. Even our local member has also taken up asking as well and have heard nothing back from that either. But it sort of makes you wonder when someone gets so um, wanting one thing only, as we say, what is the return back to them for this to happen? Like, is it going to make the government seem better and that's why we're all going to elect that government again? Do you think that's what the prize is at the end of this for Stuart Ayres? Well, it's a very marginal seat. He's the deputy leader of the Liberal Party, so they don't want to lose their marginal seat to Penrith. So, yeah, I'm sure it's about politics oh, in some large politics. part. There might, yeah, there might be some other factors. I don't know. But if Stuart Ayres doesn't come on to programs like yours, we don't find out, do we? You know, you, you must be going to ask some questions that he, he, do, he doesn't want to provide mm, the answer, which I think is... Yeah, it's very disappointing from a, a local representative. You've got to front up and talk about the issues and, mm. and, 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 and argue your case. If his case is so strong, he should be on your show and other uh, mm. forums in, um, in Penrith, the Hawkesbury district, to let people know what's going on. Yeah, I, well, we're very disappointed in the fact that, you know, it's a community that's being hurt here and he's theoretically representing the community of Western Sydney as well and he is the deputy leader and blah, 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 yet um, he can't find time for his community, which I think is really very sad. But, um, look, well, I, especially I, when he, yeah. Go on. Especially when he's planning to spend so much of taxpayers' money. Mm, yeah. It's not, it's not just... The, the people of Penrith Hawkesbury would all be paying for this. So I think if you're going to spend near $2 billion, you've got a responsibility to explain why it's needed. Especially yeah. on a lot of the community pages, there was a few forums and questions asked and polls about who wanted the dam wall raised and who didn't. And overwhelmingly, I think it was something like 90% of people do not want the dam wall raised. Mm. And they're mm. members of the community. We've lived here. I've lived here my whole life. So 43 years in the Hawkesbury, I've seen floods. I'm very hesitant on raising the dam wall. Yeah. Well, you've got to respect community opinion and, and, and in terms of uh, local government opinion, Wallandilly Council, I think, has got the Warragamba Dam within its boundaries and they're against the raising of the dam wall. So, oh. you know, local council opinion is split as well. Yeah, and it's probably why our council wants, um, well, has put the vote, as Linda said, into that catch-22 position that they can then say they're for the dam raising, um, talking on behalf of the community, which isn't true. So, well, I think that's right. If there's a survey and 90% are against it, then mm-hmm. you know, you've got to respect that uh, level of public opinion. Like it's 55 45, well, you know, that's a, exactly. a close run race, but 90 90 10 is overwhelming. It's yeah. almost like a bribery tactic that they're polling both of them together in the motion rather than having them separate. Yeah, well, the, the council, I suppose their opinion is well known. Um, the key thing is to have analysis of the facts. Uh, there was an upper house inquiry. The Legislative Council did a comprehensive inquiry into this and they were ambivalent as mm. to whether raising the dam wall by 14 metres is actually a solution. Mm. So, um, yeah, the, the, the evidence is not clear in favour of raising the dam wall and other options should be examined thoroughly to see if they can work. And until we do a survey to find out who would actually go for voluntary acquisition, we don't even know what costs that would be at to say that it would be too costly, correct? Well, I think one of the mayors there, um, Connolly, was saying 12,000 properties. So that's ridiculous. There aren't 12,000 yeah. uh, properties where lives are at risk. So you've got to do 
two assessments. One is the properties where the flooding is so bad, lives are at risk. Yep. People haven't got safe options. And then of those, uh, of that cohort, of that group, how many would be willing to sell out to government under a voluntary acquisition scheme? So they're the two steps. Yep. It's not hard. Yep. And with all the public servants running around, they should be able to do it in the space of a month. <laughs> possibly, Mark, possibly. <laughs> Have you ever known anything to happen that quickly in politics? I said they could. They could if they, if they got the finger out and got cracking. They could, but you know, there's plenty yeah. of people whizzing around with clipboards, so I'll put them yeah. to put them to work. Yeah, they're probably so. Look, um, really appreciate you talking. You got anything more you want to ask, Mark, Linda? Oh, I actually agree with everything you said, so I have nothing to really push with. I I think that we don't know the analysis of it. So why are we pushing for something that yeah. costs taxpayers yeah. so much money? Yeah. When we don't know it's yeah. going to work, I just. I just don't understand the actual intelligence behind their thoughts unless there's another motive behind it. Yeah, well, you're sort of led down that path because if Stuart Ayres is so obsessed with only one possible solution, and that's a faulty one, why won't he look at 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 the alternatives? So, yeah, people then logically ask, well, a closed mind is not very good in terms of policy making and spending public money. Why is his mind closed? You know, and he needs to answer that. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe we need um, another dam as well. You know, we should look at where is our drinking water going to come from if they're not going to use the desal plant. Yeah, that's one of the ironies that we don't capture all the water mm. that runs off in these floods. It mm. runs out into the ocean. Mm. We suck it back into the desal plant, take the salt out, and then it's our drinking water. Maybe exactly. you can capture it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it's been very good speaking with you this morning, Mark. I really appreciate your time and coming on to Pulse FM. And um, thank you. And maybe we might talk again a little bit further down the track if this gets any legs. Yeah, yeah, look forward to it. Thanks thank for having me on the show. Thank you very much for your time, Mark. It was amazing. Thanks, Mark. Ta-da. Pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Oh. The Pulse of the Hawkesbury. Pulse 89.9. 89.